There we go. Yeah, you might can hear me now. For those of you that didn't hear, I just said a prayer and talked about some wild claims. <laughs> All right. So let's look at James uh, 2. We're at James 2, and today we're going to pick up at verse 14 and uh, look through verse 26. So as we begin, let's just take a look at uh, this passage. Um, What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does, does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things that needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, You have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works. And I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one? You do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed by his works. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God and was counted to him as righteousness, and he was called a friend of God. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. And in the same way, was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers? And sent them out by another way. For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. So we've talked a little bit about credibility. And so our thought today is this topic of faith. How do we know that our faith is credible? How do we know that our faith is uh, real? How do we know that our faith is alive? How is that demonstrated? How does God know uh, that our faith is is alive? It's it's mentioned several times throughout this that there's this uh, we can have faith, but we can have a dead faith. Um, and so, as we look at ourselves and let be a mirror to uh, the Scripture, be a mirror to our souls. The question is, as we test ourselves, um, is my faith alive, or is it dead? Um, and I think, you know, this passage, as, as we go through it, a lot of times um, this topic of faith and works, um, it's not just a topic that's found here in this scripture, but there are several scriptures dedicated uh, toward this thought. And as we put all them together, um, we'll see a, a clear picture. I feel that this, uh, this scripture is clear on this topic. Uh, but there are some that get um, this topic mixed up. There were those that got this uh, topic mixed up in uh, this time. Uh, and I think that's why James is writing it. 
Um, and there's also people uh, today that still uh, get this topic mixed up. But hopefully as we uh, go through this um, and go through some of the other passages on this topic, we'll uh, leave here having a little bit uh, better uh, picture of uh, the idea of faith and, and works. So some, uh, when some say that they have faith, and here in the, in the book of James, um, in verse 14, he says, What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? So some, when they say they believe or they have faith, that they have faith in God, what they're referring to is that they're in agreement with Christian teachings, or they believe in the concept of God, they believe that there is a God, but uh, James describes it as a faith that cannot save you uh, that way. Um, um, he says that there are even demons that believe they are fearful of God. Uh, but it, the idea and the concept they describes here is that their faith is dead. So there are some that will have um, belief in Christian teachings, uh, that they will have lip service. But the idea that we have to ask ourselves is, do we have true faith? Do we, when we say we believe, does that belief uh, transform us, uh, transform our heart? Um, as Neil talked about a little bit ago, um, as we even looked at last week in Romans 12, uh, does that belief um, mean that we've changed our heart, changed our actions, we've changed our thought pattern, we've changed our conduct? It's not just a simple intellectual acknowledgement that there is a God, um, but that we have faith that moves, faith that acts, uh, faith that is demonstrated by the lives that we live. So uh, let's look at a few passages um, and, and raise a couple questions here. Um, so the first question is, can works... Save us. Can works save us? What would the answer be? No. Can faith save us? I, I hear a few things. Can faith save us? So the, it's a trick question there. So maybe uh, we should act, say, can, uh, all right, ex, let's explain uh, some of the, that. Uh, what, what, let's dive into it more. What, what do we mean by that? What's the qualifiers of that? Not only faith. All right, with the right kind of faith, work should come along with it. But as we dive into this more, can anything we do really save us? Okay, explain. Keep going. Okay. 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 So it there is a it's a complicated answer. It's a deep answer. 
um, on this. Uh, let's turn over to Ephesians chapter 2. Let's notice a few other little pieces of this puzzle. And Paul was mentioned several times, and Paul really um, talks a lot about this in several different passages. Uh, and, and some we won't be able to dissect every single part of today. But in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10, we see, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one can boast, no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So there's a whole lot in this this passage. Uh, Let's dissect this just a little bit. First of all, for by grace you have been saved through faith. So with we've been saved through faith, but it's by Jesus' grace. There's nothing uh, that we can do in and of our own that saves us, not by our, our power. It is the gift of God. So God does the saving. We don't do the saving. It's something that we do. That causes us in and of ourselves uh, to be saved. It's the fact that God created this avenue um, by sending his son Jesus to this earth to die for our sins. And it's by our faith in him that we receive that salvation through grace. It's not a result of, of works. However, we are also told in this passage that we are his workmanship, we're created in Jesus Christ for what? For good works. So they go hand in hand here, this concept that there, there's no such thing as a person that becomes a Christian and then does no good works. Uh, there's, uh, we're created for doing good works. Uh, God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So that we're given a little bit better uh, picture of this, but I, th- I still think this picture is not totally complete. But what we see through this is that there's no the power is not in us. It's not the fact that we earned salvation. There's nothing that we did in and of ourselves uh, to do that. God does the saving. God sent His Son. So that we could uh, be saved. We, it's nothing that we do to earn uh, salvation. We see it's from uh, grace here. However, let's keep diving into it a little bit more. Romans 2. Romans 2. Uh, and we really could, we could go all, all through uh, Romans 2 here uh, a little bit, but let's, Let's look at verses 12 um, and 13. For all who have sinned without the law will also perish without the law, and all who have sinned under the law shall be judged by the law. For it is not the hearers of the law who are righteous uh, before God, but the doers of the law who will be justified. So it's not just the hearers, but the the doers who will be justified. And we mention, uh, James mentions being justified uh, in in his passage. 
let's keep going. Romans three, and and all this is a continuous thought, and we're we're really just pulling out some verses here. But I hope you'll bear with me on that. Um, so let's start verse twenty three. It's it's a passage that we are familiar with. Romans three twenty three. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So we realize we're we're all in need of forgiveness. We've all sinned. We've come short of the glory of God. Verse 24, and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So once again, it, it is a gift, but how do we receive that gift? Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a perpetuation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearness he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. So how do we become justified again it's through faith in jesus and what does it mean to be justified it's to be forgiven to the point where it's just if as if i had not sinned verse 28 for we hold that one um, is justified by faith apart from the works of the law So again, there's nothing that we can do that to earn that salvation. However, it's through faith in Jesus Christ. It's only through accessing Jesus Christ that we can receive that salvation. Now, other passages tell us um, how we access that faith, how we become in Jesus Christ. And so we see that true faith, true forgiveness is only found in Jesus Christ. But we don't earn it. However, what's our response to it? Our response to it is to do those uh, good works. All right, back back in James here. Other, other thoughts. I don't want to just raise your hand if you have other thoughts along those lines there. Exactly. Exactly, to be in Christ Jesus. I saw another hand. Absolutely. And that that's his point here. Remember our passage uh, that we looked at last week? It was talking about not drawing distinctions between um, where someone sits in worship, but it's it's basically this underlying thought that he has to do with money, and this is a, a theme throughout the book of James. He dives into it a little bit more in um, uh, James um, 5. We'll dive into it a little bit more, but his his thought here is, um, you know, there's some of these brethren have been scattered abroad, and some of them are poor. Some of them are very poor. They had to leave everything they had. 
But his challenge is to the church there um, to not just say, go be warned, be fed, or uh, probably the equivalent of that is, I, I hope things work out for you good. I hope that you can find some food today. I hope that you can find some clothes today. I hope you can be warm uh, today. Uh, but in other words, if we see someone that is needing to be fed, if we see someone that's poorly clothed, and we just say to them, if we just have those empty words, verse 16, without giving them the things they needed for the body, what good is that? In other words, uh, what good is it to say, yes, I'm a Christian, or yes, I'm a, a member of the church at Lehman Avenue, if we're not doing uh, the work of uh, the church? Yes. Okay, elaborate. Absolutely. So, um, if we couple all these passages together, can works save us? Can faith save us? It's a trick question because really, we can't do it, but we have to have it. In other words, um, there's nothing that we can do on ourselves to save us from heaven. We can work, I mean from hell. We cannot... There's nothing we can do in and of ourselves to earn salvation, to keep us out of hell. But there are things we have to do to access the faith as in, uh, to have faith in Jesus Christ, to access the salvation that is in Jesus Christ. It's active. So there's active faith and then there's dead faith. Uh, what, what is said here, what is dead faith? Faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. So there's no such thing, really, as faith without the works. And so the, the thing we have to ask ourselves is, what does our faith look like? So this is, the passage, this is what's drawn uh, here for us in verse 18. For someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. So that's what James is challenging uh, the church here. Yes. Well, it's nothing that we can do on ourselves alone uh, is the key. Well, it's not a complete answer. It's not. And it's also not a complete answer that we have faith and we've become a Christian and that's it. Um, and that's the point of, of James here. And he's, he's writing to Christians and he's telling them it's, it's not just good enough just to believe. And so it's not just good enough that we've become a Christian. We have to act. We have to um, continue to live uh, for Christ. I see several hands here. Yes. Oh. Right. And so what we see here is this is not a one-time event. Um, and if we think it's a one-time event, we have a dead faith. Um, and that's what uh, James is emphasizing here is that we have to keep living um, for Christ. So let's keep, um, we've talked a little bit about dead faith. And that is a faith apart from works. 
another, uh, the ESV calls it useless faith, verse 20. But let's look at the opposite of that. Let's look at living faith. What does it mean? What is that proper view of faith? What is, what does it mean to have a living faith? Let's look at 1 John uh, chapter 3. Even if we look at verse 16, by this we know love. They lay down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let's not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. And so uh, this is a, a better picture of living faith. And so if we're back in James uh, 3, we see verse 19, You believe that God is one, you do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Do you want to be shown you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? Was not Abraham our father just by, by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see then, you see that faith was active along with his works. And faith was completed by his works. So how do we have living faith? How do we have a complete faith? Um, how do we have a faith that's pleasing to God? So uh, one of the questions I have on, on your sheet here um, is why did God use Abraham and Rahab as examples? I'm not doing this thing right here. Well, you, you have it on your sheet. Why did God use Abraham and Rahab as examples? Dwight got into a little bit with, uh, with Abraham why would why would uh, James use Abraham as an example here to these Christians? Okay, they're opposite characters. They act upon their faith. Okay, and and it probably had cost some of these that had to leave Jerusalem and and be scattered abroad. Okay, so we have. Almost two extremes, if you will, here in this passage between Abraham and Rahab. Abraham is looked at as the father of faith. He was also someone in the, in the context of this James 2. And, it, of course, it, we weren't given this, this uh, chapter division when it was originally written. But in the context of this, you have Christians that there are some that are wealthy some that are very poor and they're, they're assembling together. Here you have two examples. You have the father of faith, one that was very wealthy. You have someone else that was very poor in, in Rahab. We're both utilized by God here. Yes, both were utilized. Um, we also have Rahab is in uh, the genealogy of, of Jesus. In uh, Matthew 1, if you uh, look back there and see that, God used uh, her. Um, She showed her faith. She demonstrated her faith. It was an active faith. Um, And what his encouragement to us is, hey, 
He can use Abraham. He could use Rahab. He can use us. Um, we need to have an act of faith, uh, one that, uh, that um, works. Notice verse 24. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. So, what is needed? Both faith and the works is is needed here um, to remain in a right relationship with God. And he closes there in verse 26. For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. So we must, as we look at ourselves and let this be a mirror to ourselves, uh, we need to look and, and see um, how can we live out our faith. Now in the context of this lesson, one of the ways that it lives, we can live out our faith is uh, what, what's the context of this lesson? What is he using as the example here? If someone has need of, of uh, food or they're poorly clothed to help them out, that's one example. But there's other examples. He also uses a, uh, Abraham. He uses Rahab. But there's other ways that we can live out our faith. Each one of us, the reality is, uh, Abraham was challenged to uh, sacrifice his son. Rahab had this opportunity to house uh, some people, uh, some spies uh, that in her home. But each of us in our jobs, in our lives, have different opportunities. We're, uh, not everybody in here has the same opportunity. Uh, each of us in our roles, in our, in our lives, are challenged uh, to do works. Uh, we have opportunities to do worse, and they're all different. Uh, some of us, uh, I work in a school, but there are people, my, my wife works in a, a, a accounting office, but some of us are grandparents, uh, some, some of us are parents, some of us are single, uh, some of us have different roles in our jobs, uh, some of us have different neighbors. Uh, so we're all called uh, different ways uh, to demonstrate our our faith, and uh, our our response has to be to live out our faith. So my final question I have on here: How strong is your faith? How does God know? Uh, think back in your life: uh, When did your faith grow the most? Absolutely. For that's right. Okay, so think back in your life, when did you grow the most? When, when did you grow? Some of us grow, um, I, w- I would say as I look back in my life, there are two times probably that I've grown the most. One is when we're faced with trials, and those trials brought us to our knees and um, showed us that we... We needed God. The other way that I feel like my faith grew is when we've been active. When we've been really doing, doing God's work. And I think that's, here in James, he's brought out both of those points. 
he's started off talking about trials, but he's also talking here about living out our faith. Absolutely. So I hope that's our challenge as uh, we leave here today, uh, is to continue growing, uh, continue in showing uh, faith. Uh, again, our we don't do these things to show others. We do it to show God, uh, to demonstrate to God, to bring glory to God. Uh, we don't do it for ourselves. Now, next week is a challenging week. I don't say this to you to... Uh, have you skip next week or uh, to run away? But uh, it's a challenging thing because uh, James addresses a, a problem that we all have. And he says if we say that we don't have this problem, <laughs> uh, then we're liars uh, because this is a challenge for all of us. So I encourage you to read James 3. We'll try to get through that whole uh, chapter uh, next week. Uh, let's uh, bow as we uh, leave. Our Father, we we thank you so much for sending your Son to die for us. We thank you for the forgiveness of sins that we can have through Jesus when we obey him. Dear Father, help us as we have stayed today to realize that it just doesn't end once we obey uh, you that we need to continue living and demonstrating our faith in you by our actions. Help us to do that this week. And it's through your son's saying that we pray. Amen.